Oh, man, I have a great classic rocker on the phone right now. Rich Williams, original guitarist with Kansas, and uh, I have so looked forward to this phone call because I have a million questions to ask him. Uh, You guys have been coming to our area for a very long time. I remember seeing you back in the mid-70s. Yep. uh, I can remember opening at Scope with Blue Oyster Cold. I remember headlining Scope ourselves. uh, Played William & Mary College a few times Uh, in the early days. uh, Virginia Beach, some open-air area out on kind of the commons there. Played there a year or so ago. Um, Know the area well. I mean, a lot of Kansas history is in that area. Now, I want to point out something to our uh, listeners that everybody in this day and age, I've mentioned a number of times, we have so many bands that we never would have heard from if music industry was set up the way it is now back in the 70s. For instance, you guys, Left Overture was what, your fourth album? And no real major commercial success prior to that. Masks sold okay, but no real major hits up until that point. And then everything changed for you. Uh, It's like Bob Seger had, like, I think Night Moves was his sixth LP or something. But so often, people need time for their talent to grow. And you guys are an excellent example of that. I was a fan of your early work, and then everything just exploded with that fourth album, Left Overture, in 76. Well, the times are diff- definitely different. Uh, Don Kirshner heard something in us. You know, he thought that you know something, he was mining for gold, and he thought you know he might strike a vein somewhere if he stuck with us long enough. He was our benefactor. Um, he kept throwing money at us. To, you know, okay, let's go record, record, record. First album came out, did okay. The second, a little better. The you know, Song for America. Then Mass came out. We were building a loyal following, but we hadn't really made much of a mark. We we're still an opening act. That was artist development. That's like you know, a football team hiring a first-round draft pick. You you've got to develop the talent. Yep. It takes a while. You can't just throw them in there and expect them, you know, Boston, boom, first album out of the box. Yeah, and one of the biggest selling debut albums in the history yeah. of recorded music. That's, Not bad. That's one in a million. Yeah. Everybody else needs that time to develop. The record business basically doesn't exist anymore. Um, there isn't this big A&R depart- department, talent scouts who go out there and find and develop this time to talent, and they put money into the tours, and they, you know, tour support money and all of this stuff, and they give them several albums, finally find themselves. It's just a different time. And now nothing, nothing is like that in the, in, the, in the business anymore. Well, that's true of pretty much all industry, though. It's all changed and uh, warped into something completely different <laughs> from what yeah. it was. Uh, if you're just joining us, our guest this morning is Rich Williams, an original guitarist. You joined the band in, what, 72? Yeah, our first album was released in 74. We played in a lot of different bands together, but you know, the year previous, this incarnation got together. And, uh, actually, I was in a band called White Clover, five of the six of us, and we got a deal with Don Kirshner, and then uh, then we got Carrie Livgren on board. And that made the original six and the first Kansas album. Great history with the band. And you guys, uh, as I mentioned, I, I saw half of one of your songs uh, when you were an opening band in the mid-'70s, and it was because we got to the venue so late uh, my brother said, oh, yeah, I know where it is, and I trusted him anyway. <laughs> I did get to see you the following year, and boy, what a difference a year made. That was the Left Overture Tour, 
and I, I was a fan of your early work because I was into progressive music big time, and I loved the way you uh, integrated the electric violin into rock arrangements. It was just something very unique and different. What we wanted to be was unique and different. Uh, it played in plenty of copy bands and done that. And what was funny is, even as, as a copy band, we, we sucked at being a copy band because we didn't really enjoy doing it. It wasn't so much that we couldn't mimic so much as that we just were bullheaded and we had to do it our way. <laughs> and what we were learning was really how to be ourselves in doing that. So by the time we started writing our own material, we wanted it to be original in every way. Um, you know, bands like King Crimson, Gentle Giant, Yes, ELP, the things that were coming out of Europe and England, showed us to look outside the box. You know, you don't have to follow this, the formula of things. And that's the way we wanted to do it. We wanted to f do it our way, not the same old tried true chord progressions and, and meter and rhythm and time signatures and lyric content. We didn't want to sing about cars and girls and heartbreak. We wanted to sing about other subjects. That was, I think, what tied us all together was not to just write music, but to write uniquely our own music. Well, you've certainly been successful at it. What, 40 years now have gone 45. by in a heartbeat, and you're still out there doing it. Now, tell us about this upcoming show. Well, we just finished a year and a half of the Left Overture 40th Anniversary Tour. We put that to bed. In the fall, we're going to start the Point of No Return 40th Anniversary Tour, and we'll take that up to 2020. And so now, it's we've been working really hard for the last three years. Uh, since Steve Walsh retired, we've been kind of working nonstop. So now I'm up in the mountains in North Carolina just staring out at the mountains doing as little as possible. <laughs> that sounds um, like a great thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, we're based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Since we have family in Raleigh, and, and my daughter is right there at, at the uh, in Norfolk in the Navy with her family, we wanted a place. We love this area up here around Boone, and so we we got a second home up here just to get away and within striking distance of all our fa other family members, so we can all get together here. So nice central location, but it's peaceful and quiet. Now we're about to start our spring and summer tour, and this is going to be something a little bit different than we've done. It's completely different than the Left Overture tour. We're kind of going back to stuff from the Don Kirshner era, you know, was on uh, stuff from the MTV, all the stuff that we had on the radio. It's going to be a more familiar set list for that crowd, along with, you know, some B cuts, some deep root cuts, and then we had a new album released in 2016 called The Prelude Implicit, so we'll be covering some of that. So it's going to be a fun, exciting, energetic show. Uh, looking forward to it. It's a lot of songs we haven't played in a long time. So it's, it's always fun to take them down from the shelf and dust them off and redo them. So something for the fans and for the casual fan, you'll have enough of that familiar material for them to be happy as well. And that show is coming to the Sandler Center for the Arts in Virginia Beach on August the 10th. Uh, tickets on sale this Friday morning at 10 a.m. through SandlerCenter.org or at the Sandler Center box office. Oh, looking forward to it. Well, thanks so much, and you have a terrific day. Enjoy the mountains, and we look forward to seeing you in August. Okay, can't wait to be there.